And we are live. Thank you guys for coming. I, uh, I, I've been kind of going through some, um, like some secret documents lately on the podcast talking about Mormonism and Jehovah's Witnesses and Scientology, just kind of finding these documents that people aren't supposed to see and, uh, showing them the light of day, but I figured it's about time we kind of talked about some books that are uh, more common, that Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons and others uh, commonly use in worship, just to kind of get a feel for uh, what they say in them and what, like, what they're kind of teaching their members. So I remember when I was young, uh, we were... so. This will date me because Jehovah's Witnesses operates completely differently now. And I'm sure you guys have probably heard this from me before. But for those of you who haven't heard this from me, um, the so Jehovah's Witnesses, they used to have three meetings a week. Now they're down to two. So it used to be uh, the Sunday meeting, which was almost always in the mornings um, from like 10 a.m. to noon. And then they'd have the the Monday night meeting, which is the book study. For me, it was Monday night. Um, that would vary from congregation to congregation. But that was an hour long, and you'd go to somebody's house, and somebody in the congregation, and you would, uh, I don't know, they'd set up like cheese platters, and, um, you know, you'd all, so you'd all sit down and study a book, a, a specific book, that the Jehovah's Witnesses outlined and wanted you to study. So every Jehovah's Witness across the country is studying the same book on the same chapters at the same time every week. Um, and that was an hour long. And after it was over, you'd, you know, you'd socialize and walk around and you'd eat food and drink soda and chit-chat. And, uh, you know, and the kids would get to hang out. It was probably one-fourth, one-fifth of the congregation. It was usually split up that way. And then you had the Wednesday night meetings. And the Wednesday night meetings were an hour and 45 minutes. As far as I can under, or as far as I can remember, it was from, I feel, I feel like it went to 9.15. So it was from 7.30 to 9.15, I think. And that's where they had things like the Kingdom Ministry School, where they, where people would read, um, you know, from the Bible. And I don't know when when I was young, they would give me speaking parts at the Wednesday night meeting. So they'd tell me, "You're going to read this chapter of the Bible. It's a five minute talk. So get up there and." do the reading, and then get down and you're done. And as you advance, they'd give you this book once you got on the talk circuit or whatever. And it was called, uh, shoot, I don't remember, something like Theocratic Ministry School Guidebook or something. It was a red book. And it was really, really useful. I mean, it taught you how to do public speaking. It taught you how to hold eye contact. It, it, it was really, really good. I learned everything I know about public speaking from that book. And, of course, I've read it uh, since then from other places. But that book really got me interested in public speaking and taught me how to speak to a crowd and keep their attention, things like that. Um, so, anyways, as I was saying, so the, the, the Monday night meetings, uh, they have been cut. They've just eliminated those. They kind of combined it with Wednesday night, from my understanding, and it's just called the midweek meeting now. And, of course, not all meetings are on, um, you know, at 10 a.m. to noon on Sundays anymore because now you've got congregations sharing kingdom halls. So you've got to have one at 10 a.m., one at... 2 p.m. and then one at 5 p.m. or something on Sunday, right? Because you got three or four kingdom halls. Or I'm sorry, three or four congregations sharing the same kingdom hall. So um, anyway, back to the point. Uh, when I was younger, I think I was probably <clears throat> five or six. They were studying the Revelation book. And that book is where they made a lot of claims about the United Nations being the great beast from Revelation. 
and all kinds of really, really crazy stuff. It is such a crazy book. Actually, let me go let me go grab it. I have it right on my shelf. One second. Yeah, so I've got the Revelation book here. And they actually sent out some revisions. So the one that I have is original. And I bought it on um I bought it on Amazon used. And I don't know, like I feel like it was so worth my money. This is the pre uh I, so this is the first edition book that I have. And it just looking at like comparing what they changed in the new edition versus the old edition is so fascinating because they changed some really specific verbiage in it. And uh, I don't know. One of these days I'll go through that. I'll have to download the uh, the PDFs and, and, and do the comparisons. But anyways, yeah, it's a really fascinating book. And I, I think we studied it at the book study when I was five or six. And eventually we ended up moving on to, um, I think, The Greatest Man book. I think it was called The Greatest Man Who Ever Lived or something like that. That's definitely dating me. I don't think that book even exists anymore. Uh, let's see. We've studied a number of them through the years. And eventually, when I was kind of getting to my teen years, I think, um, we studied the What Does the Bible Really Teach book. Yeah, somebody in the... Uh, dot nerd in the chat on discord said damn telltale old as fuck yeah that's correct that is a true fact not a false fact so anyways uh we um yeah we studied the what does the bible really teach book but when we studied it in my teens it was a yellow book it wasn't this color that you see on the live stream now um For those of you watching the live stream, let's just take a quick look. Yeah, so this is the one that we studied when I was a teenager. It was this big yellow one here. Actually, it was kind of small. It was a small yellow one. But anyway, uh, this is the book through some revisions and things like that. I kind of wish I'd got the original but because I'm sure they had some choice stuff in there. But I figure it'll be worth it just to kind of go through here and, uh, you know, and see what they're See what Jehovah's Witnesses are teaching their people. So let's just go to chapter one, page three. <coughs> oh, you know what? I'm not even going to use the table of contents this time. See, they invented it in the 80s, and we didn't even need it after all. Okay. <clears throat> so Jehovah's Witnesses are really, um, really well known for their graphic imagery and artwork. I mean, somebody put this stuff together and look this is this is art i mean this isn't photographs this is actual like painting kind of or digital or something somebody drew this stuff this is really really beautiful like they did a really good job with this and um and actually before we go further let's see um let me just uh <coughs> Excuse me. Let me just pull up a Revelation book um, in Google Images because they had some really, really amazing artwork in this book. This is a book I was just talking about a second ago, the Revelation book. And it's, uh, I don't know, the artwork is just so beautiful. Um, it's kind of a shame they were completely batshit crazy and making insane claims but really, it's so nice. I mean, they did such a good job on some of this artwork. Look at it. Look, this is the harlot riding the uh, the the wild beast with seven heads and ten horns. I mean, they just yeah, they just did a really good job with this artwork, and I, I'm genuinely impressed by that. Um, but anyway, back to the. Uh, I keep getting sidetracked here. Okay, let's close that. Go back to the Bible teach book. So. This is, uh, yeah, this is all artwork, but let's, let's see what it says here. Read any, uh, so is this what God purposed? Read any newspaper, look at television, or listen to the radio. There are so many stories of crime, war, and terrorism. Think about your own troubles. Perhaps illness or the death of a loved one is causing you great distress. 
you may feel like the good man Job, who said that he was filled with dishonor and affliction. Job 10.15. Ask yourself, is this what God purposed for me and for the rest of mankind? Where can I find help to cope with my problems? Is there any hope that we will ever see peace on earth? The Bible provides satisfying answers to these questions. So, this is kind of a common theme with Jehovah's Witnesses. They will um, just, at, at the beginning of a, a chapter or even a paragraph or a subheading or a book, they will list these questions that they want you to find the answers to in this book. So, uh, just if we skip down for a second here a little bit, you'll notice that in this book you have, it's just kind of, standard format where you've got chapter one and then you've got these paragraphs and they're numbered paragraph one paragraph two paragraph three and at the bottom of each page you've got uh questions that go with each right so jehovah's witnesses are expected to answer these questions or at least they were when i was going when this when you know when the book study was going on before they discontinued that um You'd raise your hand, wait to be called on, and then you would pretty much just read the answer to that question straight from the book. I mean, you could add your own little flair to it, but um, yeah, you were expected to just repeat back to them what they told you just now kind of thing, you know. So anyways, you know, honestly, I, I would really like to do a little more research on why they discontinued book studies, just as a, a quick side note, because... That was kind of their sleeper cell arrangement. When the world just went to shit, um, that, that's whose house you went to, was your book study conductor's house. When Armageddon took place, when the Great Tribulation started, you were supposed to show up at the book study conductor's house. He was like the leader of, of your cell, of your sleeper cell, so... Yeah, I don't know why they discontinued it. I'd be interested in finding that out. But anyways, back to what we were doing. The Bible teaches that God will bring about these changes on the earth. <clears throat> so this is from Revelation 21.4. He will wipe out every tear from their eyes, and death will be no more. Neither will pain, I'm sorry, neither will mourning, nor outcry, nor pain be any more. And of course, the, the completion to that is the former things have passed away. If for any ex-Jehovah's Witnesses in here, they know that verse, and... They really play to it. And that's, that, that is another part of propaganda, is appealing to the emotions of somebody. This is a verse that really appeals to emotions. You will wipe out every tear from their eyes, and death will be no more. Neither will mourning, nor outcry, nor pain be any more. That is the kind of thing that... That's the kind of verse that you can read to anybody in basically any shitty situation, and it will bring them some kind of comfort, right? So I remember hearing that verse a lot when I was Jehovah's Witness. The lame will leap like the deer, Isaiah 3, 5, uh, I'm sorry, Isaiah 35, 6. And then the eyes of the blind will be opened, Isaiah 35, 5. All those in the memorial tombs will come out. So obviously they're trying to appeal to anybody with Physical ailments, anybody who knows someone with physical ailments or somebody who's died, uh, that's pretty all-encompassing. I think everybody knows somebody who has either died or... It, who, everyone has been close to somebody who has either died or is uh, physically injured in some way. Um, so they're trying to appeal to everybody by, you know, by mentioning this stuff. Uh, no resident will say, I am sick. There will be an abundance of grain on the earth. <coughs> What's interesting to me is that th that last verse, there will be an abundance of grain on the earth, is from Psalm 72, 16. And I find that funny because Psalms is basically the Jewish hymnal that existed back then. Uh, they unearthed some hymnals and translated it into the Bible. So, I don't know. I just think it's funny that <clears throat> a lot of the time, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses especially are really bad at this, but religious people in general, um, a lot of the time they'll take the Bible as one big monolith, right? So, they'll, 
the they feel like it's all inspired of God and it can all be read um like one verse after the other. There's no separation between the books or the chapters. It's all just it's all just from God, right? Where in reality we found these books thousands of years apart. Some of them were pieced together from broken scrolls. Uh, some of them we've found 70 or 80 different copies of, all different from each other. Um, so which one do you pick? I mean, which one is correct? You know, w- is it the earliest one? Is it the, the oldest one that we have? Or it's hard to tell because we know for a fact that some of the earliest writings that we have are actually incorrect. Like the earliest writings of Mark are not the most accurate writings of Mark. <laughs> We know that, for example, because when you are transcribing something from, uh, so long, long ago, say 2,000 years ago, which actually the Bible isn't even old. I mean, the the Gospels aren't even that old, but we'll just go with 2,000 years ago. Um, When monks were kind of transcribing it, because, of course, they didn't have typewriters. They didn't have any anything like that. They had to copy it by hand. So when they were doing that, there were different types of errors that they would make, right? So one type of error that they'd make is instead of turning a page, they would accidentally grab two pages and turn both pages at the same time. Um, Another type of error that we have found is they would be reading um, and, and copying it down, and their eyes would jump from one line down two so they would skip a line when they were transcribing and what you get is something that's a little bit nonsensical but in some cases it makes perfect sense if you read it that way you just cut an entire line out of the bible right um and we have so the earliest manuscripts that we have of the book of mark which is the first gospel that was written we find a lot of errors like that in there like, when they were copying it over, they made a lot of just type errors like that. And um, so, yeah, we know for a fact that the earliest writings are not the, the most accurate or best writings. But which ones do we pick? Which ones are correct? It's hard to tell, really. So, anyway, the point here is you have to take things in their context. You have to understand what's being uh written what was what the purpose was of having that thing and writing that thing in the first place um you can't just take a verse from numbers and mash it in with a verse from revelation and then another from daniel and end up with something that you think is correct because they they were written at completely different times for totally different cultures different people different purposes different everything so, anyway, that's at least part of the reason why the 1914 teaching of Jehovah's Witnesses completely falls on its face, because they do that a lot. They, they borrow verses from all types of different parts of the Bible and mash them together. Anyway. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> okay, so this is page six of the book. Benefit from what the Bible teaches. Do not quickly dismiss what is presented on the preceding pages as mere wishful thinking. God has promised to bring these things about, and the Bible explains how he will do so. But the Bible does more than that. It provides the key to your enjoying a truly satisfying life, even now. Think for a moment about your own anxieties and troubles. They may include money matters, family problems, loss of health, or the death of, or the death of a loved one. Excuse me. Now, anybody reading this is going to just look at that and, and say, Hey, that describes me. Because just about everybody has one of these few things, anxieties over something, right? Uh, Or troubles over something, money matters, family problems, poor health, or the death of of a loved one. Yeah, I can tell you for sure that I do have some of these myself. I definitely have family problems. Thank you, Jehovah's Witnesses, for that. Uh, Let's see. Um, No, I'm, I'm reasonably healthy, I guess. I've, and, and I'm actually lucky enough that I've never had to deal with the death of somebody who I was close to um, yet. It's inevitable, but I, I've been lucky in that so far. <clears throat> so continuing on. 
The Bible can help you to deal with the pro- uh, I'm sorry, with problems today, and it can provide relief by answering such questions as these. Why do we suffer? How can we cope with life's anxieties? How can we I'm sorry, how can we make our family life happier? What happens to us when we die? Will we ever see our dead loved ones again? How can we be sure that God will fulfill his promises for the future? Now, most of the uh, most people who read this are going to be interested in the answers to these questions. So what they're banking on is that they're going to get somebody who has an open mind and is willing to believe just about anything and and is willing to listen. If they can get their foot in the door in that way, then they're set. <clears throat> the fact that you're reading this book shows that you would like to find out what the Bible teaches. See, right there, the fact that you're reading it shows that, I mean, they're, they're prepping you for, um, like, for becoming Jehovah's Witness. This is also not only the book that we read when we were doing the book study every week. This is also the book that you study with prospective new witnesses, people who are studying to get baptized or something. Notice that the paragraphs have corresponding questions at the bottom of the page. See, this is for complete novices, people who haven't really been in the religion for long. They're just kind of learning the ropes. Millions have enjoyed using the question and answer method when discussing the Bible with Jehovah's Witnesses. We hope you will too. May you have God's blessing as you now enjoy the thrilling and satisfying experience of learning what the Bible really teaches. What the Bible really teaches. So, Jehovah's Witnesses, they have the answers. Nobody else does. You don't have the answers. The only people that have the answers are Jehovah's Witnesses, and it's in this book, and you won't know it until you read that book. So let's read it and find out what it really teaches. Get to know your Bible. There are 66 books and letters that make up the Bible. 66 books and letters. Oh, okay, like letters to Ephesians or whoever else. Okay, that that makes sense. Like written letters mailed out to people or whatever. These are divided into chapters and verses for easy reference. When scriptures are cited in this publication, the first number after the name indicates the chapter of the Bible book or letter, and the next refers to the verse. For example, the citation 2 Timothy 3.16, that's like such a familiar verse. I remember hearing that quoted so many times when I was Jehovah's Witness. Means the second letter to Timothy, chapter 3, verse 16. Wow, this is just straight up for like Bible novices, like people that have never even read the Bible. You will quickly become familiar with the Bible by looking up the scriptures cited in this publication. Also, why not start a program of daily Bible reading? By reading three to five chapters a day, you can read the entire Bible in a year. Yeah, and they actually, um, when I was in it, they had these, uh, like at My Kingdom Hall, somebody had printed out these bookmarks with like a yearly Bible schedule where you could start on this day and then in a year you could have it all read if you followed this schedule kind of interesting that they encourage people to read the bible because in my view that's like the quickest way to turn somebody atheist um so anyways yeah so that's the opening um the opening bit so this is chapter one what is the truth about god does god really care about you what is god like does he have a name is it possible to get close to God? Now, remember, this is just kind of their entry into um, into Jehovah's Witnesses. So they're starting real, real basic here. Um, they're assuming you know absolutely nothing about the religion. In fact, they're banking on it. They're hoping that that's the case. Okay, so have you ever noticed the way children ask questions? Many start asking as soon as they learn to speak. With wide, eager eyes, they look up at you and ask such things as, why is the sky blue? What are the stars made of? Who taught the birds to sing? You may try hard to answer, but it's not always easy. Even your best answer may lead to yet another question, why? Okay, now, make note here. Who taught the birds to sing? I don't ever remember any kid asking the question, who taught the birds to sing? I can conceive of a a kid asking the question, how did the birds learn to sing? That's an oddly targeted question. That's an oddly worded question. Who taught the birds to sing? 
inherent in that question is the implication there was a teacher who taught them to do something, right? There was somebody before them who gave them that ability. So, <clears throat> I don't know. If you're studying this with Jehovah's Witnesses, you probably have a belief in God in the first place, but they're just reinforcing that. Um, so, anyways. Or at least your mind is open to the possibility. So, if you notice at the bottom here, it's questions one and two. So, if we were in, like, a Jehovah's Witness setting, they would read both paragraphs and then ask the question. So, even your best answer may lead to yet another question. Why? Children are not the only ones who ask questions. As we grow up, we keep asking. We do this in order to find our way, to learn of dangers that we need to avoid, or to satisfy our curiosity. But many people seem to stop asking questions, especially the most important ones. At least, they stop searching for the answers. Now, here's a question. Why is it often good to ask questions? So, this is a problem I dealt with a lot when I was in Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, <clears throat> even when I wasn't actually at the meeting, it, even if I was just studying on my own, when I read these paragraphs, I would just completely zone out. Like, I would have to read the paragraphs multiple times to to absorb the information because it's so dry and boring to me after studying how many magazines how many books over how many years i mean i was in it until i was 18 and i was really active until i was about 17 so ugh, thousands of paragraphs oh god it makes me sick why is it often good to ask questions? So if I was Jehovah's Witness, I would say, <clears throat> if I was like at a meeting or something, and they were asking for my answer, I would want to look for something in the paragraph. Let's see. Why is it good to ask questions? We do this in order to find our way to learn of dangers that we need to avoid or to satisfy our curiosity. So that would be the part that I'd highlight, and then I'd try to add my own little spin to it. Okay, um, I'm going to be taking guests in about five minutes, just letting you guys know. So this is paragraph three. Think about the question on the cover of this book, the questions raised in the preface, or those at the beginning of this chapter. These are some of the most important questions you can ask, yet many people have given up trying to find the answers. Hold on, wait a minute, hold up, hold, wait, wait one second. Why is the sky blue? What are the stars made of? And who taught the birds to sing? I didn't give up looking for the answers to those questions. Are they? Oh, okay. They're talking about these questions. Does God really care about you? What is God like? Does he have a name? Is it possible to get close to God? Okay. Okay. So they're, they're back to the boring questions. They're back to the God questions. I understand. Hang on one second. Just got to close something that's dinging. Sorry, guys. Anyway. So uh, back to the paragraph. Yet many people have given up trying to find the answers. Why? Does the Bible have the answers? Some feel that its answers are too hard to understand. Others worry that asking questions could lead to shame or embarrassment. And some decide that such questions are best left to religious leaders and teachers. What about you? Shame and embarrassment. I'm not sure what shame and embarrassment could come from asking questions like this. Like, these are not embarrassing questions. Does God really care about you? I don't know. I don't know if that... I, I don't know. Maybe that is embarrassing. Who knows? For some people. So here's the question for uh, paragraph three. Why do so many... Uh, I'm sorry. Why do many stop trying to find answers to the questions that matter most? And of course, a Jehovah's Witness would answer... Um, some feel that its answers are too hard to understand. Others worry that asking questions could lead to shame or embarrassment. So obviously they're like they're not looking for <clears throat> your personal answer. They're looking for the book's answer and they want they're looking for you to prove that you understand what the book is trying to communicate. Like this whole format is just fascinating to me. I mean, it's designed to indoctrinate people, and it's fascinating to me that more people don't just see straight through it. Like, that blows my mind. So we got um, 
paragraph four here. Very likely you're interested in getting answers to life's big questions. No doubt you sometimes wonder, what is the purpose of life? Is, is this life all there is? What is God really like? It's good to ask such questions, and it's important that you do not give up until you find satisfying, reliable answers. The famous teacher Jesus Christ said, the famous teacher Jesus Christ, okay, he said, keep on asking and it will be given to you. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and it will be open to you. <clears throat> so here's their goal with the whole thing. Jehovah's Witnesses' goal is to appeal to everybody. Put something in here that they think that every person that's going to read this book is going to be interested in. And they want to blend in with typical Christianity so they don't seem shady, so they don't seem like a cult, right? So they mentioned Jesus a couple of times. They haven't said the name Jehovah at all because they don't want to, I mean, they want to just take it nice and slow. They want to just slide in nice and easy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's it, it, it's kind of obvious what they're doing here, and it's it's kind of disgusting. But it's really fascinating because these people have perfected the art of indoctrination, brainwashing, mind control. They have perfected this over a century. So, I mean, they know what they're doing, and they do it so well. It's really, really fascinating. So anyway, we may pick up on this again at another time. Uh, for the moment, I would like to switch to guests. And my first guest here, I have uh, Sky Everest. Are you there, Sky Everest? Testing? I can see you lighting up, but I can't hear anything. Nope, can't hear anything. Sadness. Sad, as Trump would say. Sad. All right, I'm going to mute you for the moment. Uh, I'll come back to you in a little bit um, and see if we can get you back on. Uh, that's kind of disappointing. But, uh, yeah, so the next person I'll bring on for the moment in the interim is C. Are you there, C? C, testing? Yep, yep, hey. I'm here. How's it going? Uh, all right. That's good. So, yeah, we talked last time on my main channel, but we kind of yeah. couldn't get it to work super well at the end there, huh? Yeah, I was at Canada's <laughs> Wonderland, so. Right, how was it? Was it any fun? Yeah, it was fun. That's cool. So, you're a uh, you're a supporter of mine, and you're also a Christian, right? Yes, correct. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear that I have Christian supporters. I, I say this every now and then, but... I would like to think that people, that we can unite. Like, of course, I'm atheist, but I like to think that I can unite with Christians against extremism and 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 support moderates, right? I mean, that would be my mm -hmm. goal. So, mm -hmm. anyway. That makes sense. <laughs> so, like, what denomination of Christianity are you? Um, I'm just, well, I identify as Protestant, but I go to the United Church of Canada, which identifies as their own thing. Okay, so, yeah, we talked about this a little bit last time, but yeah, it was a little bit hard to understand, so I'm going to kind of go through the same questions a little bit, see if we can okay. get down to the truth here. So, <laughs> uh, what's it like? I mean, what what is your, um, so, like, Catholic Mass is very different from Jehovah's Witnesses meetings, which is very different yeah. from Methodist Church, so what is yours like? Like, walk me through... Um, an average Sunday morning for you? Um, I go early cause I'm on the worship team. Mm. Um, but, uh, what's the worship team? We, uh, we lead the music. Okay. And, um, basically we have lots of different worship songs we go through and then we have our pastor. She's a woman. She comes up and she does her little sermon for the week. And it's really nice cause we have like, a small congregation so um we get to be really able to talk in the middle of the service sometimes and like interact with her while she's talking which is really nice right <laughs> and everyone gets to say something if they want to say something and it's not like you know <laughs> people can ask questions or right right so it's not like restrictive like you're allowed to go talk to her and all that stuff that's yeah. what you're saying yeah 
Right. I'm, I'm with you. That's pretty cool. So how do you like, how long have you been in it? How do you like it so far? Um, I grew up technically United Church um, until I was about seven and then my parents okay. had stopped going to church. Mm. Um, and I'm the one who wanted to go back and I begged my parents to go back. Um, and we did, started going back when I was about 11 and we went to Salvation Army. But as of a couple, uh, about a year and a half ago, I had my little revelation of what do I actually think and what do I actually believe? And it made me leave the Salvation Army and go to the United Church back to them. I'm glad I kind of knew about them because they accept LGBT people and they um, don't take the Bible necessarily very literally and stuff. They accept okay. science, all that kind of stuff. So Very cool. So um, you said the Salvation Army. Yes, I was in the Salvation Army from the time I was 11 till I was like 21. Okay, so that's a church? Yes, it started out that. as a church. Okay, because yeah. of course I'm sure you know where I know them from, and that's they stand outside Walmart ringing the bell and you do the donation thing and all that, right? Yeah, I from, a, from their family services point of view, I still support them in that way because mm. growing up, my mom worked for the church and I did a lot of volunteer for work for them. Mm. And I can say for a fact that, you know, we never discriminated against anyone. We helped anyone who came in, you know, they have their um, bread they give out and then they have mm. hampers at Christmas time and all that kind of stuff. But when it comes to the church por portion of it, they're still kind of living in the past and they right. don't want to come forward with, you know, realizing you know <laughs> so they're kind of like they're kind of traditionalists or whatever they don't they're not big fans of like the lgbt community and that kind yeah, of thing exactly. okay exactly. i got you yeah i've they're actually um <clears throat> on a as a side note there i uh i'm probably gonna get so much shit for saying this but when um when alpha force zero was younger we we'd always see like the salvation army people outside walmart of course and mm -hmm. every Ring time I'd walk by them with her, I would growl at them just as a joke. They probably had no idea I was even doing it. Probably couldn't even hear yeah. me. And she would just laugh so hard when I did that. And I'd be like, you know, I'd just walk up to them and be like, okay, growl with me as you walk by, you know? I don't know. I just thought it was funny. They probably <laughs> walked out of the, the exchange completely confused at worst. But yeah. I used to do the kettles and I used to, I did it as a job quite a few years and so oh how do you feel goodness. about them it now? Well, like I said, I support the family services portion because they do help, yeah. help a lot of people. And especially in Canada, they are second next to the government for helping people. So really? in that aspect, I would 100% support them because it's like 90 some odd percent of their funds actually go back into their programs that help people. Mm. But from a church perspective, I just couldn't anymore mm. because I was like, I don't. I used to disagree with homosexuality, but I agreed with homosexual marriage because I felt like it didn't hurt anybody. So what was sure. the big deal? But um, I came to realize that it wasn't, I didn't think it was actually wrong anymore. And I, um, you know, and they, I'm pretty sure a lot of them are young earth creationists. Mm, and yeah. I've decided that I, I don't think that, um, that, that model stands up is literal so okay well that's uh, i mean that's good i'm glad to hear that you're kind of moving in a more of a scientific direction with it and things so um my yeah my main qualm with it is that i've heard that they have been anti lgbtq plus whatever you know whatever other letters you want to add to the end of that yeah um they've been anti-lgbt in the past and that's been kind of a a main concern for me with donating to yeah. them. Um, I, I get why someone might be. Yeah. The, the sign stuff has always been debunked on Snopes. If you look up mm. when people have their signs and they say, don't gay people can't donate or da 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 da, mm. da that stuff gets That's debunked. That's all fake. But, um, but there mm. have been off and on instances of certain pastors not allowing people due to their due to them being transgender, homosexual, or whatever. But that more has to do with a corrupt, I, I feel, a corrupt individual. Mm. Because the, fam, the way their, the way their um, stuff is set up, 
their family services, they're not supposed to turn anybody away. The It works by your income if right. you're low enough income to receive the help. But, you know, I don't know. Right. I worked in it, so I, I, I know. So that's why probably I would feel more comfortable but so you'd be more comfortable donating to them then is what you're saying yeah but i'm also in canada so canada might be slightly different than the u.s right yeah i do wonder like what the differences are between the u.s um branches or the u.s headquarters or whatever and the canadian one because uh i don't know Mm -hmm. that'd be kind of interesting to study but uh yeah generally i will not donate anything monetary to a church however i have been known to donate my time to a church uh to mm-hmm. alpha force zero's church i'll go there and help her grandma cook for the church or whatever um but yeah i i, I don't think i would give money i'd just give time and maybe i'd give mm-hmm. like toys for christmas or something that that'd probably yeah, be okay well yeah my old church used to do um a Santa's breakfast every year and people would donate toys for that. Right. See, that would be okay. I think, I think my main concern would be knowing where my money is going and ensuring it's going to the right place. So if I can see that, that it's sense. going to the right place, then I, I'd probably be okay with it, you know? Yeah. I can understand the, the iffiness there. Yeah. I guess because with me, I, I worked with them for so many years. I know for a fact that that's where majority of the money goes. It's right. their programs that go back to help people. So, so it makes you, you know. a lot more comfortable with it. Exactly. Right. That makes sense. Well, I appreciate you coming on and talking to me. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk in the uh, supporters chat pretty soon, though. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Sure bye. thing. Um, yeah, that's that's really interesting. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm not really sure how I feel personally about donating to any church entity. And I've heard... I, I've heard bad things about Salvation Army. It They may be incorrect. Maybe I'll just go through the Salvation Army's thing in a video one of these days and just give an honest analysis. But anyways, um, yeah, that, that's, that's really interesting. Um, before I continue, uh, let me just close some things here because some stuff keeps dinging and I think you guys can hear it in the background so let me just close that now the next we can't no well you can't but the uh live stream might be able to because it's streaming straight to uh to youtube oops ignore that anyway uh okay so the next person on the list was going to be uh squinny but actually i wanted to come back to sky everest if she's here see if we can get her Back on. Are you there, Sky Everest? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Test? Test? Can you uh, hear me? I can. You're pretty quiet, but I can amplify it a little bit. So, I like my mic. so what do you identify as? I've been calling you female. Are you male? I am trans, so I'm male to female. Oh, okay. That's cool. Well, welcome to the Discord. So, you... um. You and I talked the other day because you put an error correction in there where you were talking about Jehovah's Witnesses and, and what they believe about uh, the order of creation, right? Yeah. Yeah. So basically, um, uh, in one of my videos, and I, I ended up actually going in there. So in the Discord, I created a channel called Error Corrections, right? Just give a quick basic summary of this. Um, and anybody can go in there and just give a correction if, if they think I got something incorrect and Sky Everest actually found an error where I, I, I I don't remember. I I need to go back and watch the video again. Exactly what I said, but basically I said the order of creation was light and then plants and then the sun or something like that, where in reality Jehovah's Witnesses believe that the light was the sun. When the light was created, that was the sun being created, which would allow for plants. So the sun was created before plants, and it's some big weird knot they've twisted themselves into. But I appreciate the error correction. I'm going to take a look at that, see if maybe I can just re-script and re-record that video. So um, anyway, back on track. So you were, you are an ex-Jehovah's Witness currently, aren't you? I am. 
So when did you leave? I left back in back when I was 19. So that was about five years ago in 2013. Okay. Wow. You've been out for a while. I think I left in 2008 or, or maybe 2007. So got a couple of years on you, not too much, but what was it that got you to decide to leave? What was the thing that the straw that broke the camel's back with that? Well, 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 my parents were Jehovah's Witnesses mm. and, and they, they didn't, they didn't practice what they preached. Mm. So, so as well as, as well as everyone, everyone was taught, taught things. And then in different houses, they would have different rules and, and, and they, and they weren't all on the same page. So I knew, so I knew there was something wrong in the, in the religion. Right. So. Right. Very fascinating. Uh, by the way, um, before I continue with the questions, I actually had some some more questions for you. But I heard that you had some questions for me. Is that accurate, or I did, but but I don't remember them. Okay. Well, if at any point you do remember them, then just stop me and ask, and and uh, and I'll address that. But anyway, so that's really interesting. Um, so you were born into it, you said. No, I was adopted. Into okay, it. you were adopted so, into it, right? And how long uh, were you Jehovah's Witness total from like when you first got adopted in to when you left? Five, eight years. Eight years. From two thousand five okay. to two thousand thirteen. Okay, two thousand five to two thousand thirteen. I'm trying to think about what was going on in the organization during that time. I feel like after I left in like 2007, 2008, there was a lot of new light. So you were, I feel like you told me like 11 when you first joined it, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So I don't know how much you remember from that time period, but I know a lot of new light started kind of coming out of the woodwork around 2011, 2012, 2013. Uh, do you remember like any of those major changes? Not, not really. I, I remember, I remember, um, to 2000 and whatever it was where, where they, where they abolished the book study, the yeah. book study groups and, and, and it was really weird. Yeah. That was a big change, uh, for sure. That was actually right after I had left, but I remember hearing about it cause my mom still kind of talked to me. Um, you know, well, she didn't really talk to me. She talked to my family and me a little bit uh, so that she could get, you know, talk to my daughter. Of course, she wanted to get to my daughter. But, uh, yeah, I remember hearing about it through that. And that was a really weird change. I'm still kind of surprised they ended up doing that. Because it feels like that was like their sleeper cell, really. I mean, that, that was their way of keeping in contact with each other when Armageddon went down or, or the Great Tribulation or whatever. That kind of blows my mind, but anyways, yeah, so um, did you end up getting baptized or no? I didn't. You didn't, okay. So are you still dealing with, like, shunning and stuff anyways, even though you weren't baptized? Yeah, well, 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 I, I told my parents I was trans, mm. and then yeah. and then uh, I told them that, that I wanted surgery eventually mm. to change myself fully, and and my dad told me that that didn't want to talk to me again. And then, and then my mom told me that she didn't want to talk to me either. And my dad told me that, that he felt sick talking to me. And so that's so sad. I'm sorry so, that you have to go through all that. That's really shitty. I guess you could say that I'm lucky enough that I've never had to deal with that kind of experience. Although, of course, my mom has told me that she didn't want to talk to me anymore, but I can't say she's ever said she felt sick talking to me. Um, I don't know. You know, she may have actually said that to me. It's possible she has. But anyways, yeah, I'm sorry I had to go through that. But either way, the way I see it is I'm in a lot better place in my life now than I could possibly have been if I'd stayed in on the inside. You know, I mean, things are just so much easier don't have to study constantly, don't have to go in service, knocking on doors all the time. I can just live my life and not have to worry anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
I mean, so at the very least, that is a huge relief to me. Um, now, as far as my family goes, they're gone. I mean, they, they're gone by their own choice. I wish they weren't, but here we sit. So if they ever decide to talk to me again, then I will consider it. It's going to be hard for me to decide to talk to them again, though, after what my mom did, you know, abandoning me the way she did. But I, I don't know. I'd consider it. I don't know that I could play the game that, that she's playing by not talking to her, right? Um, I feel like I'd, I'd, I would be obligated to at least try to have a relationship with her if she ever did try again. But I doubt she ever will. Now, how do you feel? Do you think that your family will probably ever talk to you again or, or attempt to? Well, well, my mom passed away like a couple of weeks after telling me she didn't want to talk to me again. And so, mm. so there's that. And then, and then my dad, my dad, I don't think will, will ever talk to me again because mm. he's. That's really interesting. So tell me the story, like what happened uh, when you were on your way out? Well, 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 I was, I was being, um, I was being dr driven home by, by my, by my parents. Mm. And, and so we, so we got into a discussion about, uh, about, um, about the fact that, 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 um, there, there was something that I needed to bring up to, up to, up to them. And, and then they're, they're like, they're like, are you gay? And then I'm like, no, I'm trans. And, and so, so, so then my, so then my parents, um, told me they, they didn't want to talk to me. Mm. And so, and so that, that was fine. I had already moved out of, moved out of their place. And I, mm. I, I sort of had, had in the back of their mind that they, that they would say that then. So, yeah. So you were kind of prepared for that eventuality is what you're saying. Well, yeah. Yeah. And I was adopted and, and they they treated me very poorly. They beat me up and stuff. Yeah. So so I knew so I knew they didn't love me from the start. Yeah. Well, like I said, we're in a much better place now than we could have possibly been on the inside. So I know the pain that you feel over the whole situation. I I know not many people can say this, but I understand at least part of it. So we're in it together. We'll make it through. Just bear with me. <laughs> we'll we will get rid of the Watchtower Society together. Just give it a little bit of time, okay? Yeah, I've met I've met more friends more friends leaving than I ever did inside. Yeah, I, I don't know about you, but the people on the inside, like in my congregation, were really stuck up and I don't know. They just didn't really want to hang out with me at all. I don't know. Maybe it's just my congregation, but that that was my experience. And then when I got out on the outside, I met so many people who were supportive and and helpful and cared for me like their own family, you know. But yeah, anyway, yeah, it's like the opposite of what they teach there. Yeah, they they they, they teach that 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 they're the supportive ones, and and then and then that that the world won't support you if you leave. Yep. That's true. It's like that, you know, they say the world is just this dirty, disgusting, evil, sick place and and you're you're doomed if you're out there on your own. It's all part of the brainwashing. It's all part of the scam to keep you on the inside. But I appreciate you coming on and talking to me and uh, maybe we'll talk again sometime. I know it was a little bit short, but uh, I'm running a little low on time, so I'm gonna have to let you go. But we'll talk uh, a little bit later on. OK. OK, take care. All right. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. So many sad stories. So many sad stories. I can't stand it. So anyway. Okay, the uh, the next person in line, I've been trying my damnedest to get her on for like ever. Now let's see if this is the time.
Squinny, are you there? Can you hear me, Squinny? Yes, I am. Yes, oh. I am. Um, I have my bedroom door closed. Everything is fine, and I'm so excited to finally be able to talk. I'm awesome. Very much looking forward to it. Awesome. Okay. Am I am I loud enough? Speaking of which, am I loud enough? Uh, yeah, you're good. I'll I'll amplify okay. a little bit on this end too. So you're you're absolutely right, perfect. You. So uh, tell you. me your story. Like, what religion did you come from? Are you still religious, or? Um, at the moment, I say to myself, yes, I am atheist. But I, I still kind of go to church and stuff because I haven't told my parents yet because um, my dad, he grew up very, very Catholic. Um, my mom was Lutheran originally, and then she converted after she met my dad and stuff. Um, so they converted so, to Catholicism, you said? Well, my, my mom did, yes. Right, got you. Okay. Um, so personally, I mean, they kind of... I don't know how to explain it. So basically, I just I still kind of participate in being a Catholic. Um, even though I really, I just kind of go through the motions part of the time. Sure. Um, although they really only make sure gets to church often me and my brother. Well, my brother's a special case that I would not prefer to discuss at this moment. Okay. Um, That's fine. but with me, they're kind of just like, oh, you're going to stay home with your brother and watch him and make sure that, you know, he doesn't burn the house down while we take your sister to church. Like just yesterday, uh, yeah, just yesterday. That's exactly what they did. I stayed home with my brother, and then my mom and dad went to church, and they brought my sister with them because she was altar serving. And then afterwards, they went and dropped her off at her friend's house and then came home. So I just, they just don't really care as much if I go to church or that not. That sounds like a good deal, actually. I mean, I don't know what's yeah, going on now, with your brother. My, but... my main issue, the main issue that I have is that, and this is where I really feel bad, is that I got confirmed this past April. Which Ooh. do you know what confirmation is? Um, I I, I think I do, but we'll go ahead and tell me so the rest of the audience um, knows. <laughs> All right. So basically, what it is is it's when you get to about fifteen or sixteen years old in the Catholic Church, is that you'll go through and it's basically where you get renewed in the Holy Spirit, and it's when you essentially become an adult in the Catholic Church. And I felt really bad about it because that was. You know, it was when I had been like, yeah, I really kind of don't believe in this, but I still kind of went through with it because I was really terrified and I didn't want to let people down. And by that right. point, I had already asked my sponsor to be my sponsor, and she's someone who just really means a lot to me, and I didn't want to let her down. So I kind of just went through with it. Um, and I just, at the moment, I'm kind of just biding my time for another two years until I graduate high school right. uh, before I before I say anything at all and while I kind of you know it's like I poke my foot in the water testing the waters trying to figure out where my parents would stand on that um, that's a yeah. really good idea like a lot of the time people can't um, deal with hiding it anymore and it's it's just like this internal struggle so I'm really glad to hear that you seem to be handling it okay right I mean you, you oh yeah aren't having um, a hard time another, an another thing I feel I should bring up I also go to an all-girls Catholic school so that and oh, that's so that might also that, that might also play into that right oh man <laughs> you are like fully immersed in this culture yeah right oh, now. oh oh also also I think I might have brought this up when I talked to you after the stream a few weeks ago um, I went to a two-week leader in training session at a Catholic camp. <laughs> right. What was that <laughs> Which like? Actually that, um, that was actually, I actually quite enjoyed it a lot. They don't really shove it down your throat a lot. Mm. And three times a week you have either mass, like full-on mass with like a priest and everything, or you have a thing called God time where it's kind of like mass, but like with a lot of music and there's no Eucharistic liturgy. There's no receiving the body or blood of Christ. So you just like do a no lot communion. Of saying, yeah, no communion, and you just sing a lot of songs instead. And honestly, that's actually kind of because, like, um, even like when you just do the responses for mass, like for example, and with your spirit, or like we lift them up to the Lord, stuff like that. Like they make it fun, right? So like, and they're like actually one of my counselors is actually looking into Wicca. She's like, yeah, I, I'm not oh, Catholic, wow. but I can't like. I, she's like, I can't promote you know paganism at camp, you know, but. You know, she was super wow, chill about man. it. That's that's interesting. So they kind of yeah. have a little bit of a wide variety of people there then. Definitely. I, I would say that a lot of the camp, that a majority of the campers are either Catholic or Christian, okay. but they are very accepting of everyone. They're honestly, 
it's a safe space. Mm-hmm. Like, um, for example, since I was a leadership and I was in the LIT program, I call it, um, we had to go and do a talk along with all the counselor and trainings um, where we discussed what would happen if a camper, for example, like if they, you know, revealed something that they necessarily didn't want to reveal, such as like abuse or something where they have a thing, they have a thing where they will, if they have a, if they have an idea that that will happen, then they will not send a camper home. They will do everything in their power to make sure that that camper is safe. So I feel that like if, if something ever happened at home and I would not example next year when I'm doing the CIT program, cause I want to be a counselor there. Mm. If something happened, then they would make sure that like, you know, you know, if there was some sort of imminent danger, if like my parents found out, Oh, um, you know, I'm atheist. Right. Right. Um, they do everything in their power. It doesn't matter what tonight, make sure that I'm safe. Cause that's their priority is to keep us safe. <laughs> good. I mean, that's good but, to hear then. It sounds like a legit camp in that case. Yeah, it's it's honestly a wonderful camp. And I and the great thing about my training session was that we were all girls, which I feel was the most amazing thing because I went home with 15 brand new friends who right. I trust so much. And it just, it's wonderful. Got really it's close a wonderful, to them there. Yeah, I really did over the course of only two weeks it's just yeah good I mean that's good to hear um so I guess it's not like a destructive force in your life right now is that fair to say it's just kind of that you you've moved past religion mostly yeah pretty pretty much like I still kind of find it hard to like move past it but yeah the funny thing is I have if if from my point of view right now I can three bibles in my room right now so right. I'm kind of just like, because one of them is my school Bible, that it's just the re- new Catholic edition Bible. Another one is a teenage Bible. It's like meant for teens that I got while I was going through my confirmation sessions and stuff because I needed to go through and go to like classes. Mm. Um, and then the third one is was a gift from my confirmation sponsor, which I really love it. It's a really, really nice Bible. <laughs> so I have it in its own little spot because like, even though I don't, believe in it anymore i still want to treat that because it's sentimental to me like yeah, it just it's i understand someone who i care about yeah i'm with so, you um i actually like not. when i was uh when i got baptized which i guess is kind of similar to confirmation in the sense that like you're kind of all in with this with this organization yeah. now right mm-hmm. so when i got baptized uh you're not supposed to give gifts when people get baptized but i but did get a briefcase anyway. Uh, I got a briefcase and I actually still have it and I still value that briefcase. I don't use it for anything, but it, you know, it's sentimental. So, yeah. But anyway. So, oh, also, um, I might add, cause I'm in, we do have theology classes and I actually quite enjoy them. Um, over the past two years, I focused on, uh, first I studied the old Testament sort of stuff. And then this past year I studied all of the gospels mm. and a bunch of the new Testament stuff, which that was actually kind of fun. Cause like, for example, you can give me like some sort of um, passage from any of the four gospels and I can probably give a pretty good guess as to what gospel it's from. Cause like I learned, for example, um, John's gospel is not like the rest of them, which they're called the synoptic gospel because they're right. similar to each other. And that, for example, John's gospel focuses on high Christology. It focuses on Jesus's more divine aspects, whereas um, <clears throat> Matthew, Mark, and Luke focus on low Christology or Jesus being more human and stuff. Like, for example, remember that passage where he gets mad at a fig tree? He's showing anger, which is a really human emotion. So, like, it just, it's really interesting what you learn. That is interesting. And, and like, yeah. it, some people may say that it's not valuable once you leave, but I feel like it's one of the most valuable things uh, about going to church is learning that information. That's why I send Alpha Force Zero or Kylie. That's why I send Kylie to church is because I want her to be involved in that culture. I mean, she, I, I don't know. She yeah. probably won't grow up to believe it, probably. Mm-hmm. But, but also, I want her oh, to know it, you know? Yeah, also, church just kind of gives you a... Like, it, even if you don't necessarily believe, like, for example, my friends, again, we all go to a girls school but like most of them don't bat an eye at the fact that like I just don't believe it like one of my friends like 
she's very Jewish and then she's also like her dad's Jewish and then her right. mom's Christian. So they, so she celebrates kind of like all these different holidays. So like everyone's kind of just a mashing pot, even though it's, you know, a Catholic school, we're all kind of a mashing pot. And right. one of the most interesting things I think my mom told me was that my school is actually the top private school for Muslim families, which really? I found was interesting. That is yeah. interesting. Yeah, I actually have probably two or three like really good friends of mine who are Muslim. And I think it's such a cool thing that we are like, because before I went to that school, I did not even know that other religions existed. And that was probably right. like fifth or sixth grade. And then once I started going there in seventh and eighth grade, I like my eyes were just opened and I'm like, there's this whole other world out there. There's like all of this amazing stuff. And I'm like, why was this hidden from me? I just, you know, right. it kind of made me start questioning things. And then it was about, I'd say a year ago that I started to be like, I don't believe this. That's so, really yeah. interesting. Well, I'm glad to hear that you found your way out of religion. And I'm well, glad not that it's yet. not an oppressive yet. force for you either, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not oppressive. But like, for example, at dinner the other night, my dad was like, did you guys go to church today? And Because like, he always goes on Saturdays. So right. if we don't go with him, then it's up to my mom to like get us there. Mm. So like, he's like, aren't you guys Christian? And I'm just like in my head, I'm like, no, dad, I'm not. <laughs> right. So I'm just like you know, kind of having to deal with it, but it's not the worst thing in the world. Right. I just, cause my dad, again, he's very, very conservative and stuff. My mom's kind of in the middle. I'm very liberal. So it's kind of like the different ends of the political spectrum. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like, I can talk to my mom about, for example, LGBT stuff, but I cannot talk to my dad about that at all. Like if I brought it up, I'd probably get kicked out of the house. <laughs> That's so. too bad. But at least you found a balance. I mean, that's that's a plus, right? Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I appreciate you coming on and talking to me. Finally got it to work. Uh, yes, yes, I finally. <laughs> it's been really interesting. Clothes. But uh, yeah. yeah, we'll talk to you again sometime, okay? Yes, I would love, I would enjoy so much. I had so much fun talking yeah, to you. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye. All right, bye. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. Um, a lot of the time... Uh, religion is an oppressive force. As we heard with Sky Everest, it, it was damaging. It's harmful, outright harmful in her life. And it's harmful, it, it has been harmful in my life. But honestly, at this point in my life, it's worked to my advantage. All of the knowledge that I've gained, all of the experience from religion has all worked to my advantage um, so that I can help others. Uh, who are dealing with this oppressiveness or this pain or torment. So I I would not give it up for anything. I would take it all, the good and the bad. I'm glad I was Jehovah's Witness. I'm glad I went through all of it because it means others may not have to as a result. So anyway, that's all I have for you guys. I appreciate you coming. Uh, this is the end of the stream, so I will see you guys next week.